0: And action and welcome everybody this is BMP Weekly episode 177 it is 5th of September 2022 this is take two nobody knew that we had a take one which we needed to throw away for numerous reasons <laughs> What
1: you just said fill the <laughs> beans
0: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Now today uh, we'll talk uh, we in the PMP week we always talk about the latest what's happening in Microsoft Three Sixty Five with our latest weekly articles from Microsoft and community. And we also have a visitor in the show, which is typically more about the, the let's say, what is it, human development? Human development is a bad, bad personal word. journey personal career. journey, career development and experiences yeah. rather than any specific technical area or functionality area around Microsoft? a bug
1: design. on line 42. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> a really deep dive technical thing. Yes. A bracket in there.
0: <laughs> yes. But today we had Kevin. Uh, who's Kevin? We can we talk shows while I Kevin Ke- McDonald.
1: He is practice lead at CPS in the UK, CPS. I believe. Yep. Yep, Uh, And we thought we had a really great discussion about employee experience, remote work, Viva, uh, how things change or not in the last two years. So really, really great interview about all things communication and employee experience. So if you're interested in that, you will really enjoy the chat that we had with him.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And without further ado, let's jump on the interview with Kevin. And here we go. Thank you, Kevin, for joining us on the BMP Weekly episode 177. Uh, We've been doing this for a while. And before we started recording, we just realized that it's been a while since you came to be an MVP. So we do apologize for the delay on getting you on the show as well. But Kevin, uh, can you do a quick
2: intro of who you are and what you do for a living? Uh, j- just quickly, and you invited Gary twice before me, my co- <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let you off that one. Um, so, my no, name is. No competition whatsoever, didn't... right? <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> so. Uh, we'll start. As we need to go on. Um, my name is Kevin McDonnell. I'm the head of practice for modern workplace at a UK-based uh, gold partner, a Microsoft gold partner called CPS. Um, uh, I was about to say Office apps and service. Sorry, Microsoft 365 apps and services MVP. Uh, co-host the Grey Hat Beard Princess podcast with Gary uh, Allardley and Louisa Fries, uh, and also a Viva Explorer. Uh, as well, which is a group of MVPs helping to share the what, the why and the how of Microsoft Fever.:
1: I've never brave, heard of it? this one. I've never heard of this one. I think we will need a link. Yes, we need a link. Yes, yes. yep, definitely,
2: well, definitely. Uh, nice and easy. VivaExplorers.com, we're relatively new in terms of the website. So uh, I know there's a few typos and bits and pieces that need updating on there, definitely. But uh, oh. yes, I'll, I'll send that through to you as well.
0: Cool. Before we go there and before we go to the MVP, can can you explain what does a practice lead actually do? and and how do you get not to be a practice lead? What what does it mean actually for those who don't know?
2: Oh, now that is a very good question. So, uh, in in terms of practice lead, whereas uh, previously I was a senior architect and we were there kind of in in the early stages, so doing a bit of pre-sales with projects with clients, helping on the implementation, g- giving that general oversight. The point of a practice lead is kind of define the strategy. So looking looking at Viva, looking at SharePoint, what's happening with and that, working with the marketing teams, as and sales teams to kind of say we should be targeting these things and it really kind of goes a bit broader than just helping the clients deliver things it's how which clients should we be going after what sort of technology should we look after uh, it's got that real breadth of things which i would say is, has been an interesting struggle um on there so it was kind of fairly new um and I mentioned just briefly Al Erdley there. He used to be our, uh, the head of delivery services at CPS. Uh, when he left, we sort of took an opportunity to split things down. He uh, was so important. We basically replaced him with four people um, from there. And it meant that we had a lot more kind of engagement across the org. I love, you know, I'm sure we'll come on to Vive, but that whole kind of putting people in silos, I've never been a fan of. It's always been the more you can break those silos, bring a, especially a smaller company, how you can bring those together. So we're practicing what we and just trying to get that going as well. So you you mentioned an interesting point, right? Because you mentioned um, thinking like which technologies
1: to use, which engagement to choose, and that instantly rings a bell to me. How do you go about it? Because there is so much across Microsoft 365 at large. And oftentimes, when you build for Microsoft 365, you also need to build on Azure, right? So you touch that part of the Microsoft Cloud too, and then there is Power Platform with Power Apps, Power Automate Flows, which is kind of a separate thing by itself already, right? So how do you go about it? How do you define what to choose? How do you stay up to date? How do you, how? How, how, how? <laughs> I,
2: <I'm. laughs> I'm probably the wrong person because I am so nosy. I'll be trying to keep up with everything. And someone will mention something like, oh, have you heard about this new JavaScript framework? I'm like, oh, oh. Um, So to me, it's more about how do you stay focused on any one thing uh, on there. But I I, I think it's by talking to other people. It's by following podcasts, following uh, Twitter and things like that to see what things. And and I think that also allows you to kind of get the different buzzes that happen uh, at the time. If you hear a lot of people speaking about something, I've got to a point now where I can't jump the second I hear about something. But if I hear about it two or three more times, I'm like, hmm. Okay, maybe I need to dig into this thing as well. And especially if you hear clients talking about it as well. So you've got kind of different things. You've got people in the community, you've got the Microsoft experts who go mentioning things. Then if you hear clients asking you about it twice, you're like, okay, this is resonating. And and going back to Viva, that's what I found is that the noise from that was very loud and. um, I, I, I will be honest, my initial reaction was, well, hang on, this is a whole load of technology that's already there. There's nothing new here, particularly. But it, was, but it was the marketing message. It was the message that resonated with people right. that yep. suddenly gone out there. And so you kind of go off to those, read a bit more about it. Um, I'd like to try and dig deeper on something. So you've got certifications and courses. I still like to get hands on. We we were joking before it started about uh, not being able to do any development anymore, but now I now do development for fun more than because I have to. So I'll I'll do my evenings. I'll be plugging away on the laptop, watching House of Dragon and all sorts of things like that. But that it becomes a thing I enjoy doing, and that's where you kind of get that deeper understanding of things as well. Um, that go through so I, I still I, I find it very hard to, you know we talk about employee experience we talk about making sure you take a break but I also think the value of spending that time in the evenings kind of trying things out and getting hands on when you may not have a chance it is still important I I, yeah. I don't downplay taking a break you know and I'm not long back from two weeks away in France where I, I, I didn't touch things too much um, it is really important but I would also say trying to yeah, get hands on, not just reading stuff, is actually getting hands on with things. And and that doesn't have to be development. It could be, you know, Viva Goals is my um, current fun thing, actually creating goals. Uh, I, I'm currently trying to create an, an organization based on kids' TV shows and setting their goals out from there. And uh, probably because I've had the summer holidays and too many things, of Paw Patrol and Bluey and other things on <laughs> <in> the background. <laughs> Uh, that I'm trying to build out a demo tenant like that. But it, but it, it means that I'm kind of thinking about things, not just the, the kind of standard that you'd see, the, the yeah. kind of hello world type samples, you apply some real stuff to it. And that's where you go, oh, actually, yeah, this doesn't work as well.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now, now, coming back on the noise, what you're hearing, what is the noise in the UK? Well, you mentioned Viva. What does that mean in practice? You hear about Viva customers asking about employee experiences. What, what does it mean in practice? Well, what's, where is that
2: noise coming from? So I, I think we <laughs> <laughs> <and, Actually, laughs> <laughs> <laughs> But, it, but I think it, it, it's interesting. Viva is being mentioned a lot. And what I love is you're going to have that conversation. And in many cases, they mean Viva connections because they want to put a new intranet in. They they haven't looked to the different aspects of like, like Viva Insights, where you're doing the measurements of, of well-being and other areas of productivity um, within there. You, you haven't got people thinking about learning or even Viva goals and the kind of a, a OKR framework. But I think people are what I do like and I think especially with hybrids another buzz phrase that's still still around um, and the fact that not everyone's being in the office I I think I I live just on the commuter belt uh, of London so it's a hot topic both work and social life of how much people are going into the office how much people are continuing to work from home and I think that level of employee experience has got organisations thinking about how do you put employees in middle? How do you do the things you used to do in a digital way? What happens when people aren't in the office so much? How should we do things better? Uh, and I think that's where people are seeing Viva, and as with many buzzwords, they're going, "Yeah, this is exactly what I want," without necessarily knowing what they want uh, yes. in the first place. And and yes. what I love about consultancy is trying to bring those things together and sort of helping people understand what they're actually after, and then working out what the products can do to to bring that. And I, I think that's what originally brought me into the kind of world of SharePoint and others is that you can help people with that without yeah. having to kind of say, here's what I want, take that away and give it back. It's a lot more of an engaged partnership. And I, I think Viva yeah. is very much like that as well.
0: So so what kind of projects are we talking about? So any anything what you've done within the past six months or related on Viva? It's been now one and a half months, February 2021 was Viva was announced, uh, but then connection. One was and a half the months. First uh, years. years.
1: <laughs> I was like, it's still
0: March 2020, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, February, 2021, Viva was announced first, uh, module going live GA was connections in November, 2021. Um, anything what you, actually done as a project, any any inter- interesting experiences?
2: I, I think it's fair to say it's been a long, slow kind of take up. We've had a lot of conversations about Viva, a lot of chats about what is possible and things on there. Uh, I think a lot of organisations, especially in this kind of post-pandemic, they've invested a lot of money in Teams and hybrid working and and not always seeing the money there for that next stage, especially when they want to invest more in licences. So I think we've seen Viva Connections. We, we've had a few projects implementing that, um, which many of you very intelligent listeners are thinking, what, you mean just intranet? Yeah, yeah, kind of, That that's the large part of it is putting the intranet, making sure it's there in Teams. Um, always love uh, Zoe Wilson. Uh, uh, another MVP, she said when they put uh, Viva Connections in, they saw a tenfold increase in their intranet um, because people using in Teams. And they saw that. Wow. And, and that's not just homepage. They already had it as the kind of starting page. But they had people more engaged. They were reading more articles just because it was there where people were using things. And uh, I, I do thank her for that quote because I use that an awful lot. But um, so we, we're seeing a lot of Viva Connections. Taking conditions. notes, taking notes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> follow-up
0: question, questions, follow-up question. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
2: but it, but I think um, we're seeing some, I, I, I know visa Web was on the uh, Dev Kitchen. I have had many, many conversations with clients about taking the, the SPFX and having the Viva Connections portion there. We haven't had any that have gone live with any, which is really upsetting <laughs> because I think there's some great potential there. Um, we, we've had some who are using it a little bit, but not gone sort of all out. So we, we're seeing that slow uptake on there. We've had some where just the the technical, typical security challenges have made a problem or the, the APIs on the system they want just don't provide the, the personal data in the way that, that can be secure in a cost-effective way. So I, I think we're seeing... We're still seeing, seeing a lot of conversations, but haven't seen anyone go all in that. Um, seen a couple of walks with Fever Insights. I, I remember ESPC, oh, what was Vienna? Was that 2017, I think, or 16, um, I think. Uh, Good question. I track of them now, but. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been 84 years. years. It, it, <laughs> it. Maybe 17, 17. I think 17 was Dublin. No, because it seems to be I go every three years uh, more by accident. Dublin, correct. 17, yes. 17 was Dublin. So, yeah, it must have been 16 Vienna um, talking with the workplace analytics team and going, Face is amazing. Why isn't everyone using this? And now it's Viva Insights, and finally people are starting to use it and building some custom reports, and that that's really, really interesting. And I think the the Viva All-in license is also making a difference. That that people are going well. Actually, if we want to do a bit of Viva Insights, want to do a bit of Viva Learning. The cost is almost there. That we might as well go all in, and then if right. we've got the license, we might as well start implementing these things uh, as well, which I think has been a real benefit. And and Viva Goals is is getting a lot of interest, and it's it's kind of branching out into a different aspect of people you're speaking to, the sort of COO office. Um, you know, it, it, again, it's that hybrid working. How do you get people aligned to the culture of an organisation, to what the strategy is? The OKR framework is is brilliant for that. You mentioned there are very, very interesting point. There is very
1: close and dear to my heart, remote work, right? And so uh, rewind why would, March why would 2020, no, just kidding. no idea, right? So, <laughs> this, re- this, rewind this is my 2020. No, pandemic hit, right? And companies that maybe planned to, you know, to change the way they work in the next two to three years were faced with their reality. We need to do this now or we will lose. So yeah. How did you change the engagements that you've done with customers? How did they change the discussions you had with them, their needs, uh, needs of their employees? How how did that shift around pandemic and the demands that that would bring on upon the, the companies with, with with which
2: you will work? So I think as we hit the pandemic, the conversations didn't change at all. They just happened a lot, lot faster. People, Especially with Teams rollout at CPS, my colleagues, a big unified comms side of things. So a lot of the uh, kind of moving that over, getting Teams installed, putting all that things. Um, you know, we, we were going through some migrations, number of migrations. We suddenly needed to accelerate because they didn't have remote access to the file shares or it's through painful VPNs and things. So. It was almost the same conversation that accelerated. What then happened as the the kind of the, the end of the first year, so was it sort of late 2020 is when yeah, when Viva was really starting to land, people started that conversation about putting the employee in the middle. And I, I, I always love the phrase, you know, Viva connections to me, it, If when everyone was in an office, uh, I used to work in financial services and you'd often see Bob Diamond, I was at Barclays Capital, he would come walking around all the floors. Um, And you could see it was just getting a feel for the buzz of the place, just to sort of see what was going on. Are people stressed? Are people happy? Is a lot happening? You could get that feel. If your CEO suddenly turns up in your kitchen behind you, you're really gonna be nervous and something's going wrong there, especially with your (laughs) home home security. (laughs) uh um, um, on there and i think a in our
1: case that would be interesting now imagine ceo of microsoft in my kitchen at home like, that would be something that would Wait, be unexpected no, that would be a social media <laughs> thing but yeah absolutely
2: but but, but you wouldn't probably be you probably if you were in the office in holland and sat you walk around just <laughs> bumbling there you'd be quite scared as well but um it, it's so many organisations realised they weren't getting that kind of feel for how everyone was feeling, and uh, that conversation has gone down a lot uh, as well. And that, that's where our kind of Viva Insights ones have come through of being able to get that feeling: Are people working t- too hard? Are they putting enough time to get things done, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And uh, we've we've been using Glint at CPS for quite some time, and uh, very excited to see that come into the Viva space because those kind of quick questions, I. Uh, People are always cynical about them, and I'm kind of semi with them because uh, we've realized, especially being British, that Glint's AI does not deal with sarcasm at all well uh, <laughs> um, so that that would be a nice bit of feedback if if any AI people can help deal with that. but it, it's it's that kind of what are people chatting about? what are people thinking yeah. about that you can get by listening to others? How can you bring that in a digital way? And it's it's never going to be quite the same. But I think as the three of us know, the pandemic wasn't quite so much of a hit. The only hit was because other people were doing what we've been doing for a while now. And right. that, that's the big okay. difference on there. And to I, what- I do think the... Just quickly, one, one of the things that I found interesting that hasn't happened since the pandemic, and I, I think Gary, when he was on the show, talks about that because he loves talking about this. But that kind of async communications, and I know well, Dick, with, with this, the sort of p p world, you know, how you deal with issues, how you collate that without having to have a meetings and things. If I'm honest, I thought that would have taken off massively, and I don't think it has. I think it's still very yep. much... If not in person, it is still live discussions that go on. I don't think that culture of writing things down, of doing things in an asynchronous way has taken off as much as I certainly hoped um, from it. And I think that that's that's the strange thing, and
1: that was exactly what I wanted to ask about, Like to what extent do you see us try to replicate the things that we know from in-person uh, engagements into remote work and see us probably fail? as opposed to try to rethink new patterns and new ways of engagement that are more suitable for remote work and async and and so on. And to what extent do you see us fall back to the patterns that we know from in person versus uh,
2: devising new ones? I, I, I think everyone, it now is falling back to the old ways. Uh, I, I think that, you know, it's almost like we've taken a massive step forward, you yeah, know, three steps forward, two steps back uh, yep, to a certain right. degree. I think people are keeping live meetings in place. I'm sure both of you have ridiculous time zones where you still have to have meetings. I've I worked in Singapore for four years. And the thing I used to love there was I had four hours in the morning to get stuff done before the kind of deluge of meetings. And when I moved back to UK, I had a team in Singapore and uh, different bits of Asia. I had a team in New York and my day was ridiculous. You know, first thing you're applying to messages and getting hammered with things and wanted to join a meeting on the train and you're being caught late from things. And, and mm. the whole notion of follow the sun just didn't really happen because people couldn't grip that. And I, I, I truly thought that with the pandemic, it would change a bit. And I, I can't wholeheartedly say it as sadly.
0: I think we're still in the, it's going to take more time to basically adjust to the asynchronous way of working. And then we're, I, I know for a fact that there's already a lot of, let's say, feedback internally. For example, in our case, our engineering teams are in China, India, and in Britain. And. I'm in the middle as well, working with the whole teams. Uh, quite often what happens is that the Ritman prefers, which they can because US based company that they will only work between nine to five. The problem if <laughs> that is that if that's the case, they will
1: never have a suitable time
0: for anybody else.
1: Yeah, There's more than enough hours between nine to five to write a doc. Well, but that's the thing. But
0: that is the thing. <laughs> if we would actually move into that async world uh, of doing things, but it it is so natural for us to have that interactivity, and yeah. I, I guess that but, also but
1: makes us more human. But it's
2: but, it, but it, it's but out front. It's easier. That's the problem. Yeah, sorry. Well. But
1: but it is but interesting point, right? Because you mentioned Lessa, that we are not there yet, and I get that. What I do wonder about that, you said that it will take us some time still to get there. What I I wonder about though, yes, we will get there eventually, but only if we make deliberate actions. And I wonder what these actions are, what are the plans that we have? Because otherwise, like, it's just, you know, waiting and happening that it will be bestowed upon us, you know, like, you know, just this light, like, "Ah." and now, you no. If you think about internally in Microsoft, I think, well, Apple did uh, already the
0: interesting statement that everybody needs to get back to work in office, which is like, excuse me, what? Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's a bit of a big demand. And if it's, of you course, flips things. Design
1: devices, maybe that's different. I don't know. I, I
0: Maybe. Uh, in, in Microsoft, when you think about it, we have great teams who've been highly successful uh, on yeah. completely globally distributed uh, teams. Uh, but they deliberately built their organization to support that, and I guess that's probably the difference. It's a new organization, uh, some of the organizations, new organizations, they basically built the whole system in this more global way, rather than being an, let's say, traditional uh, organization, which then extends itself Outside of the original boundaries, and I guess that's the difference. And um, maybe there should be yeah, like basically a bit the of history shuffle. you
1: you carry or or not, right? Because like like yes. if you are a new org and you don't have the patterns, where well, you don't you don't have anything else to fall back on. So you basically start from scratch, and you can go any way you want. But if you come yeah. from an org that used to work in the office that way and you have the ability not to change that, well, you probably won't because like people will yep. typically go, you know, the uh, route of the less resistance,
2: right? Yes, yeah. And, and I think that that's the thing people will fall back on, what's easiest, and it feels yep. easiest talking in person, having a meeting. You come out, it's almost that dopamine hit, isn't it? It's like, oh, I feel we've done something here. Doesn't matter whether you have or not, doesn't matter whether you've actually completed something. If people have that feeling, That's what they'll they'll go with and push for perception. Perception, right? How can we change that perception? And and I think also how can we humanize async working? I I think the number of (laughs) probably the number you see on GitHub of people misinterpreting what you're saying in there, and uh, you know, sorry, can't do this, can be very rude, or it could be, no, I haven't got much time. Whereas if you you see people in person, you can kind of understand a bit more. So the more that that can be humanized and. A cynical old man as I am, I, I've kind of been won over to the worlds of kind of gifts and emojis and things like that, but it adds a bit more humanity to the well, things that yeah, you can absolutely. put in there as, as well. And I, I, I think it's how you can try and humanize more of that async comm so it feels more natural to what Which, you do and you get that good feeling
0: which is an interesting challenge as well because that comes even back on privacy versus your own things, privacy versus your family things versus everything else. Because again, if you really wanna humanize yep. and be approachable, then you wanna be transparent and sharing things. Now, that might actually be something which is not natural for everybody. Uh, so they might feel as a remote person, be a bit more, let's say on the back because they're not, you don't know anything about them yeah. because you have never had the chance to go for a coffee.
1: Well but it's but interesting. Yeah, right? challenge. But, like, because like because if I think back, you know, when like pandemic wasn't a thing and we all worked we worked in the office, we you would have Christmas party, you would have New Year party, you would have family barbecue where you would bring your partner, yep. your spouse, your kids, and you would yep. socialize and people would get to meet, you know, the whole you as opposed Real. to yeah. you know only the you that shows up to work. Right. Yep. And we don't do that anymore because like like I'm not going to put up a barbecue in my backyard with a webcam streaming to everybody in my world. Like, that would be weird. That would feel awkward unless, at unless least. Unless that's the day when Satya is in your backyard. So coming back. When he he, he can stream whatever so, he wants. Yeah, he then can stream whatever yeah. he wants. Like, probably, <laughs> probably he would come with, with a camera crew. So I wouldn't need to do anything, right? But like that is also the, this interesting part, right? It's like, how can you create that connection and actually Ensure that people feel heard, right? And my theory so far is that we need to communicate more, basically to the point where it feels awkward, like, do we need to really communicate that much? Yes, because we're remote, yeah. right? Every single message you share and you don't get a reaction on, that's killing for the morale and engagement because we're remote. I don't get to see anybody and you only see people through their reactions that they give you. And the reaction is, it's either a like, a comment, basically recognize, hey, I got your thing. I might be busy, but I will get to it. I saw it. I saw it and I get it and I, I will give you an answer ASAP. But there is a response because well, always we the, don't see anything more, right? That's the dopamine hit what you're getting from the like and
0: reaction, which is actually interesting when I think about it. That starts driving us to a direction where the bad thing about what's being now talked about Facebook and social media and Instagram and everything else, tribe certain behavior. It's, is it then a negative thing that we're kind of adapting that more and more in the corporate culture? How you because bring again, a
1: very interesting point, because I think the, the How much reason time why do we have we <laughs> do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like We have two hours. right? <laughs> so the reason I think the reason we did do it in personal life is exactly that. Like you want to you want to share something with bigger audience and maybe, you know, have that uh the dopamine hit and it's like like have been recognized by others. But I think in the workplace we do the same action but towards a different goal. Smaller crew. Yeah, like, yeah. Well and also well, more relevant well yeah. may, 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 maybe 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 it is not even a different goal maybe it's still you know the same thing like we like people crave being recognized yep. right and yes. and whether that's for a yep. huge accomplishment or a single thing basically knowing that what you do matters and yep. in remote work that's so hard because we're disconnected yep. like we're looking at screen and there's a wall and there's like I don't see my, my colleagues maybe yep. except if we get to have a
2: call yep. or not Right. How do you make those like praise things that you can do, you know, whether it's in Yammer. You know, yeah, yeah. absolutely. How th- you can do those, but how do you make them feel real as well? How do you yeah. make sure it's not just, oh, look, it's Friday. Kevin sent me some praise. He must have got his alert from Viva Insights. How can you actually truly have that they as a real one? They need to be one
1: timely uh, as and well. relevant. Yes. That these yes. are two aspects, right? And the relevant but, part yeah. that is actually pretty hard. But I guess that's actually the same thing as what we had in a past in the office. Why? Because some people prefer a pat mm-hmm. on the back. Some yep, yep. people prefer a praise in a group. Some, yep. some want to have that praise one-on-one because they're extremely shy. Yeah. And if you do one mismatched, it will be awkward. It will be not appreciated at all. So in, in our words, you need to know the person that you are about to praise. And that takes, you know, effort again, deliberate effort and connecting, right? And that yep. part didn't change. But the way we go from there, yeah. these are the, the next step that we try to replicate the
2: same uh,
1: action in virtual way.
2: Yeah. But it, I, I think, that in fact, uh, Visu, you, you're involved in this. I think there's also, if you look at that social media building connections, uh, the three, I don't think, well, that we've met. Visu, I think we've met a couple of times, yeah, a couple of the SPCs we've met in there. But I remember the the last one in Prague, you were chatting with Laura uh, I'm going to say this wrong, so apologies. Kokkarinen.
0: Kokkarinen, yep. Uh, pretty, pretty close. close. <laughs>
2: that was good. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Um, she has a I really
1: hard name to <laughs> pronounce. <it. laughs> she has a last name. It's just a last name in Finnish. It's not hard. It's but not I, easy. It's just a last name.
2: But but yeah. I remember, you know, I loved her blog posts. Uh, I loved her sort of presence on Twitter. Twitter and you kind of feel you know someone so I went up and said hi I really like your blog and things like that and she looks slightly petrified if, if I'm yep. honest now probably because I kind of came over and, and but, you also realise as a man you have to be slightly you're cautious awesome. as, and, you're,
1: and well, well going that well,
2: it's <laughs> brilliant. And, and I'm sure she loves the recognition but also yep. you it's exactly as you say, well, like some people love to have that kind of public one. Some people just like a nice little message and things on that, uh, which you can never know until you start seeing how scared they yeah, look. Exactly.
0: Uh, Plus yeah. the fact that a lot of us, like the three of us in the call, because we start, talked about this one before we started recording, are, are suffering from the imposter syndrome. You're always yeah. thinking that, well, nobody anywhere cares about what I actually say. And if I go to somebody to say something, and and that's something which, we as a, like a IT industry will need to start encouraging people which is like, it's okay to say compliments. Compliments are good. Please yeah. keep on saying compliments. Uh, and I you would don't need say to that, that is even, if,
1: even more important in remote work. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, because again, because, because there is no yeah, exactly. other way to interact. Exactly. Like you, you cannot exactly. see somebody smile. You cannot have that pat on the back. The only yeah. thing we get is deliberate, either email or reaction in Teams or a call right that's the only three ways we can go about it and sure like if you can do that you know your manager or your uh employer could send you flowers or basket of fruit or whatever from the local farmer you know there are things there are gestures that can be done but again that also requires deliberate action like the the, anonymous
0: champagne bottle which i got last christmas which was like Okay, but that's no message. scary because it's anonymous and you're like, for what? Why? Is it, is it poison? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that ended up being from my manager, but I had no idea. <laughs> so,
1: okay. There was no like card or a little no, invisible, invisible no, ink on it. <laughs> You know, CSI see, kind of stuff.
2: You know, there's about five different people who are thinking who could have got the benefits from that, and only one person yeah. had to send you. It's like, well, it's one of these people. I'll thank them anyway and see exactly. what happens. That's ideal. Exactly. Exactly.
1: I will th- but, thank the mysterious stranger, right who sent me this <laughs> bottle of stuff. Like, is it still unopened?
0: <laughs> but coming back on the on the compliments and everything else, and in, in the case of Laura, I can guarantee that she was really kind of a. Thankful for the feedback, but it's it's also cultural differences. Uh, I, I yeah, absolutely. Get, get noted that I'm not a typical Finn because I, I talk too much and I talk a lot, but you do don't. I actually do that Who said when that? we're in the public conference? <laughs> do I actually do that when we are actually outside of this bubble. Because yeah. at, at yeah, least for me, I'm a consultant. This is an interesting, I'm an ex-consultant. This is an interesting, like a, a acting behavior. <laughs> <laughs> acting behavior when you are in a role of doing things. Uh, I might feel a bit different when I'm actually in the in the conferences. Um, again, it's yeah. cultural differences. Um, and that comes back on, oh my, somebody is getting closer than one meter uh, to, towards me because of the cultural differences. So
1: but yeah that also means like, I, like the I... whole like we we deal with other people and they bring their their whole self right and yep. and that also means you know personal preferences whether you're introvert extrovert like all of that matters
2: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you two obviously you you share through this podcast and all the PMP stuff, and your your personality comes through from that uh, on there. And I, I know through Viva Engage, there's a stories and stories line. They're trying to encourage people to to kind of have that quick video, put those out there, put more personality. I, I mean, would you encourage more people to whether it's internally in an organisation or to put more of themselves out there and do you think it's more up to them because uh, obviously you both do it so So, yes and no yeah yes and no (laughs) right so oh so you're a consultant (laughs) as well okay
1: (laughs) i wouldn't say it depends right because like the hard part that the hard part that i experience and like i will use the uh, analogy of mvp sound summit right like MVPs Hamid, was used to be, in 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 the in past, an in-person event where MVPs all over the world would fly in for a week to Redmond and, and basically to meet with the their peers, product. Yes, like yeah. it used to be in person, right? Hopefully. Anyways, right? And the trick there was, like, the like it was so easy to see difference. Like, for example, during the uh, talks we would have with a product group where you would be in a room with plenty of folks with whom, uh, or, who you know, because like you interact with these folks are either on uh, forums or calls. So you basically get in a room and you know who is who and then transform that to the place where the room grows. And there's few hundred folks and you don't know most of them. The room is too big and you will not share anything because the room got too big, Mm -hmm. right? And it feels awkward and there are people whom you don't know and it feels weird. And it's kind of the same thing in workplace. If you share that, if like I I used to work a lot in companies that were twenty odd folks. Basically, you knew everybody. You knew who is who, and it was so much easier, at least to me, to share anything in the open because I knew exactly who's going to look at it and who is who. And Microsoft, I've got 200k colleagues. I don't know majority of them, and you're like, do I really want to share this in the open? Who's gonna well, like? Eh, and, and, I, it's, and it feels weird it's, because it's, the room is too big.
0: One dimension obviously in this discussion is also the the role and then the almost like, I I don't do stuff in analytic way because I'm more like, I try not to be in a role. I just want to be me and I want to help everybody because that's just a natural thing for me to do. Now, but it really comes back on what are you trying to accomplish? Uh, what, uh, Where does it actually make sense? Uh, I intentionally at some point started doing a lot of social media and promoting other people in social media and the stuff, the awesomeness, what people do in other community because it's a natural thing for me to do. Now, it's sure I will benefit out of it as well because I'm basically helping others to gain visibility, uh, but it's encouraging people and also intentionally almost sharing some of the internal things, personal things like walking, out in the park with or the forest with the dogs every single day so, boarding, because I, yeah. <laughs> that's and because that's that's part of me. Now it will most likely help then if we will meet somebody face to face. Somebody can say come and
1: say hey that paddleboarding video that was really cool. It's that's the, an interesting part. You share it in the open for everybody, but you don't share it internally. Why? That's. You're not not worried about sharing it with millions, but you're not sharing with the thousands internally.
0: That's actually a really interesting point as well, because but if you do that in Twitter, it's it's more relaxed, it's more anonymous still, because it's just the name in a Twitter. If you do it in a workplace, then it actually has an impact on your. Day-to-day work. Now, to be fair, in my case, of course, the social media has an impact in my work because that's part of my work. Uh, let's face it. But but still, it's it's an interesting. Yeah, there's a there's a difference. There's a clear difference.
2: Hmm. And that's why I find it interesting. Well, that when you say your your kind of happy to share with 20 people, because to me that was that was always you can be wondering what so-and-so thought and it may impact your relationship there or it's whether it's with a much larger organization you're not going to know people you can be more honest and I, I, I spent many years in my career initially trying to be a corporate person and can't be this and it wasn't me. I, I struggled with it, and I kind of gave up. And was like, yeah you know what? I'm going to be myself. Share that. If people don't like it, I'll find yeah. something else that fits that that better. Yeah. And it, it it has helped me mentally far far more to 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 kind of that's, be my own stuff, to share that, and let people. That's called age experience. Yes. I have a lot less hair now, but you know, I feel a lot better from it. so <laughs> <sighs>
0: But that those are interesting dimensions. And, and can we get, for if you think about the, the uh, Viva Engage as an example, the, the Yammer and all of that, and people do write their profile messages in Viva Engage. Mm-hmm. Will that work if 180,000 employees will every day write their own things in Viva Engage? No, Will it work if you're a team lead where you explain what's, what's actually happening or you are a virtual, virtual team coach or something, you do something there and explain people who might be interested in your opinions. Yeah, absolutely. That's the whole idea. But it, it, it's, it's interesting. interesting. I'm,
2: just, I'm just starting to do that with my team. And again, it comes to this hybrid one of uh, I'm going to start recording videos because you kind of forget that you don't always tell everyone everything. And this comes back to the async comms. You have so many conversations. You don't always keep in, in, in track who you've told people, you know, what goes where. So just repeating some of that in a regular video and letting everyone watch that when they want to. Again, it's that yep. async ability. Yeah. Then you can kind of get feedback and you've got comments so you can allow people to to engage with that as well. So, uh, and yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I'm a Microsoft fanboy. So when, pe- when Microsoft comes out with something, I try it. It doesn't always stick, doesn't always work, but I try and give yep. it a go. So I, I think that's, yep. that's one things to put out there is to, is to put some of that personality and say, here's what's going on, here's some of the chats I've been having. Just yep. so you all know whether yep. people do it or not, we'll find out yep. in the next few months
0: which is precisely what Jeff Deeper does, for example, on a weekly basis. So he has a weekly five-minute video. Uh, Sorry, Jeff, we've we've, it's not a secret, so it's okay. well, it isn't anymore, (laughs) but we only share it with friends, so. That's a really good example of a really efficient five minutes. Uh, Today is Monday, uh, of of course, that was released in in Friday evening my time, uh, because that's natural working time for Jeff, but uh, it pops in the, the message feeds this morning. For me, when I start working and then I'll, listen that i can easily put it in 1.2 speed just to listen to things and oh that was interesting let me go back and, and and listen what was that all about and then i can start digging into other details if needed but it's always five minutes it's it's really interesting to hear what's actually happening in discussion points so
2: yeah and i think that's key you, you don't want to sit in with a stand-up meeting and have your time taken up but yes when those short things are made available then exactly yeah. as you say you can choose what you dig into and, and I, I hope again, maybe Viva Engage. Uh, I'm probably putting too much into it, but hopefully that will start spearheading more async comms at least that, that go out rather than kind of having live event meetings. But
0: so, uh, I've, been, I've been listening now when, when I'm working with the docs. Uh, I've been listening to Tony Faddle's uh, book called Built. Uh, he's the guy who created the Nest, the the Nest thing, and then oh, yeah. Google bought it, and and he was working in Google and and all of that. But it's brilliant book related on uh, the perception and also how people are taking granted of of for example perks, and and then when you start adjusting something, they they take it as a personal insult. That that's just reminded <laughs> me because there was a good example of that as an ex, just a a form of comedic value, that as in Google. They actually got free food, uh, free free drinks and snacks, and all of that uh, throughout the day, which they didn't get in Nest. So, which from his perspective was like stupid because that should not be the default case. And then, when they changed the yogurt styles which were available, somebody in the company meeting, where hundreds of thousands of people took the mic and basically said, I want to have that type of a yogurt. Why is it no longer
1: available from the kitchen? So, you're like, well, taking I mean, things away from people is not, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You, like <laughs> as with any any part, like like any single thing you take hurts as wise or even yeah, more well, times but, as anything you give.
0: Plus the fact right. that that was a synchronous company meeting where everybody
1: is watching, uh, <laughs> and you're like, doesn't really matter. You <laughs> were hurt. <laughs> yeah, you you, were, you felt hurt and attacked exactly. personally. Exactly. Your yogurt was no longer there.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So. Which On is a good reminder, We
1: are human beings. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> drink your yogurt, kids. <laughs> now, from a timing perspective, Kevin, we do apologize. I, I think we need to close up the interview. We didn't. There would have been a lot of, lot of additional
1: points. This was really so cool. The more the reason we will get you back exactly sooner than exactly. in the next four years. We
2: promise. Yeah. Absolutely have it. And we'd love to come back and talk more about Viva Explorers at some point as Viva yeah. Lands and and as the APIs for a Viva if they ever appear, uh, we'd love to come and talk about those at some point as well.
0: Viva learning APIs are out, partly. So That is true. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But with Viva, they are individual modules, so they do have their own yeah. different timelines and all of that. So it's on it's the not, next episode of BMB Weekly with Kevin, we will talk about <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, for the listeners and watching, uh, see, I've been, I've been yelling too much.
1: It was a way too good episode. Um, ah,
0: la 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 la. Oh. yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then we would highly recommend it. <laughs> But
0: <laughs> next we'll jump on the, the latest weekly articles. Thank you, Kevin, for joining us. It's a really good discussion. And I love the human side of the discussion because IT is all about human interactions. It's just people to people business. Uh, so thanks for the great interview.
2: Thank you Kevin. no problem and uh, good luck for ignite as well
0: thank you thank you thank you excellent thank you kevin one more time for the interview that was really very really cool there would, would have been so many things to to still talk about so uh, we got to the sweet spot of the how how working has changed obviously for me and Waldic both the remote work is quite fundamental because we've been working remotely for quite a few years while how many years
1: yeah uh,
0: see, i need to think it's, as it's well. been
1: eight, 84 years I don't know. I think I'm at eight,
0: eight years right Uh, now. So (laughs) seven ish, yeah. Something around that. Basically,
1: you know, pandemic hit and it it was a Wednesday.
0: Yeah, well true. Kind of a say it, it changed a lot of the dynamics, of course, but it, it for you and me, it was it was something natural, more natural. Now it did change things to the positive as well, because again, it was more like, hey, now we start really focusing on making the remote work as a thing rather than being an exception. So, and the hybrid work nowadays is still a thing. Also, luckily, we haven't completely fall back on everybody needs to be at the office. So, which is good. I am in the office. I am in the office as well. This is my this office. Is, this is my office. <laughs> That's actually really good. That could be a great social media campaign. This is my office. So.
1: Yeah. We tweet. Uh, 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 uh. Royalty. <laughs> Let me take the domain name already. Yeah. Now... <laughs>
0: Let's let's actually jump on the weekly articles. Just a reminder: hashtag BNB Weekly on the Twitter. Uh, we'll we'll find uh, all of the cool things what you've written. Uh, we always go through the typical Microsoft blog sites and then the, our platform community blog, and then the other articles which we can find related on Microsoft 365 all up. But we're super interested on on what you actually write. So please, please, please share uh, on on your findings and your thought, uh, thought leadership. That's the right thing. Uh, on what you've written down. Now, let's actually move on the news of today.
1: Uh, you'll start. Absolutely. So uh, we've got here an article from Shane Yilin and the article is, is about how can you drive adoption of Viva and or how we drove adoption of Viva at Microsoft, right? So some of the things that we learned over over the uh, years as we've been adopting it, or years already, yeah, it is, it is one plus years, right? So one it counts year. already as yep. years. It, it feels, it certainly feels like years, right? So there's a nice <laughs> article capturing some of the things that we learned along with a link to an article that builds upon it a little bit more. So yep. if, you, if you are adopting Eva yourself or you talk to customers who do, this might be an interesting article for you to read and to kind of give it a thought what are the different things you need to take into account when trying to roll out Viva in your company?
0: Yep, absolutely. Then we had a new uh, podcast from Intrazone. Uh, so Intrazone is a podcast hosted by Mark Cashman and Chris McNulty, and this time they talk about data centers and and uh, the the think globally, act locally uh, way of approaching this. So we are setting up data centers as a Microsoft now uh, in locally in. Quite a few countries, and the latest one being on Qatar. And then, uh, what does that mean? How does things work? Uh, what what comes? What is in the planning of these kind of things? And what does the act locally actually means when you're setting up a data center? So, a really interesting discussion as well. Data centers are basically those cloud computers because there's essentially still a computer running the things. It's not just you mean the, the one I have here. It's just delegating to somebody else's computer, but a really, really cool discussion uh, with uh, Sean, uh, Sean and John related on those things. Now, we also had an introduction to Microsoft Teams AppCamp. What is AppCamp?
1: So AppCamp is a on-demand workshop with videos, with really great content, all about helping you to understand the different steps you need to go through to bring your existing app to Microsoft Teams. And it's a really interesting thing because oftentimes you have an app already. You have an app for work or you are an ISV and you have an app and you think like if I were to expose that in Teams, do I need to rebuild from scratch or not? And the short answer is you don't need to. You can bring existing app to Teams. For the long answer and the existing step or the the steps that you actually need to go through, check out the app cam because it will give you info about everything that's relevant in in the uh steps related to like how do you bring the apps how do you deal with off how do you go with exposing that app what are the different things you can add to your app to make it more integrated more with teams right so all the different things are exposed in the app, and the cool thing is you can watch it at your own pace so either 0.8 you can rewind fast forward 1.5 that's all up to you so you can watch it on your own terms and give it a try, and the most important part, we would love to hear from you how you like it, where we can improve, what's missing, what's cool, tell us, we'd love to hear from you.
0: Yep, in social media, DM messages, all of that's always welcome related on the feedback yes. on we're all over. of the content what we have, we're river. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, we also released a public preview of SharePoint Framework 1.16 uh, last week, uh, and this is the first release of upcoming features, so starting from, from 1.16, 12 or 1.13, we started releasing public previews of the upcoming Main release or main version. Um, whatever reason, SharePoint framework is always about 1.16, 1.17, and so on. So it's not version 2, 3, 4, 5. It
1: and doesn't it's matter. Compatible. It's a versioning. It's a yeah. very important reason.
0: It, well, fair point. It's always backward compatible uh, and has been for the, all of the different releases, which is pretty cool. So already, still today, version 1.0 SharePoint framework solutions still work in the SharePoint online, which is pretty mind blowing actually when I think about
1: it. It is. It's pretty cool. Anyway.
0: 1.16 uh, is was announced as the first uh, preview, and there's some new capabilities available uh, in there. Uh, the two kind of a most notice, noticeable important ones is that we are updating our JavaScript framework for Teams directly to JavaScript uh, framework v2. This will be actually done automatically, so you don't have to worry about anything. So, if you if you are referencing to the Teams JavaScript SDK, you will start all of a sudden getting the v2 uh, within your code now. As it's backward compatible, it should not see, I'm saying should, it will not. Well, if you hit only public APIs, it will not have any impact on your application. If you've done something which is not recommended or not preferred, which is private APIs, then there might be an issue. So most likely you are not impacted on this. Uh,
1: what is the easiest way to check if your existing app that you might build on 1.15, 114 1.60? What is the easiest way to update your app to, SharePoint framework 115 previously. Yes. So to be yeah, and, and that's the one to thing to come from back on
0: the that. And, absolutely, absolutely. Now and to better yeah, and then the other big thing here is that we're adding this new capability for uh, editing experience for the web parts, and that's mainly for SharePoint Online, which is around uh, adding a option to add additional toolbar buttons. So you don't have to go to the property pane. You can modify settings directly in hovering on top of the web part, which is pretty cool as well. Now, Good question from Waldex, how would I if I wanna have the, the benefits out of the latest tool chain, because runtime is always the latest. That's super cool to understand. But as I'm developing stuff, I wanna have the, the advanced and of the, the latest development experience, how would I upgrade my solution? And answer is with CLI for Microsoft 365. It has a comment for it, SPFX upgrade, uh, which will basically give you the detailed steps on how do I upgrade from whatever version you are. To the latest version of 1.16 uh, being the preview version right now so really really cool stuff and and thank you for CLI for Microsoft 365 projects uh, for all of the great work in there now from Microsoft we also had a update on the Microsoft Teams a single sign-on uh, on the functionality
1: yeah so this is a really great article for I would say relevant to maybe not every enterprise, but typically in an, in an enterprise where you have system with identity, and you want to be able to use that identity in your Teams app, right? So you want to be, be able to sign in with your SAP account or whatever account you have in your app. So how do you do that? How do you implement it? What are the different things you need to take into account? So this article takes you through the different things you need to take into account, and what are the actual steps, right? So check it out. This is a really interesting article with a link to a sample code for this.
0: Yep, really, really cool as well. Absolutely, awesome stuff. Now, we also had a from the Microsoft 365 uh, blog, the, the the main primary, the, whatever, there's the, so many blog post uh, locations nowadays, but from here, we're reminding people that we are retiring basic authentication in external Exchange Online and between, I can say, probably off record. Why would we promote this in this location is that we probably are saying that there's too many people still using this. So, and this will start be turned off in the October 1st, 2022. So this is a clear indication that everybody should be checking that, please, whatever application you're using with Exchange Online, they are using the right authentication models. Why would that be important? Well, because basic authentication is not as secure as Azure AD based authentication. With Azure AD, you are in a much, 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 much more secure uh, environment. So we want our customers to use the right, most secure security options. That's
1: really- Exactly. And maybe to add to what you said, I think that over time, we mentioned this across all the different channels that we have from LinkedIn to Twitter, to different blogs. And I guess the reason is that we want to reach as broad audience as we can, from developers who need to adjust their code, to admins who need to manage that, to BDMs who need to plan this schedule, including in planning, and so forth, and so on. So at the end of the day, we want to everybody to know that this change is coming, yep. and it might affect you in some way. So you should at yep. least be aware of it, so that then you can check, and maybe it's as simple as we're all good, Yep. But the most important part is that you know it's coming.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Now we also had some updates from the Power Platform side. Exactly. So an article about how can you use actionable messages in Outlook with Power Automate. So That's in really this cool. one topic, we cover three keywords: Power Automate, Outlook, and actionable messages. And it's really interesting because the idea is like you might have known it from approval. right? You get an approval or email in Outlook with an approval and you can already action that there's no need for you to click a link and go somewhere else you can already act directly within the email. And that's the whole point. Yep. you can send actionable messages to Outlook so that you can act directly in Outlook stay within the context of your work, not having to go to yet another place you can do exactly all of the work that you need directly from where you are. And this article gives you an example how you can do that.
0: Really, really cool stuff as well, absolutely. Now, I have to say that bit of a bummer, uh, it does not have an example message actually shown in here, but it will actually render the the maximable message directly. Oh, that's, in the actually, that's exactly
1: why you need to go through the steps to see the message. If you want to see it, it's <laughs> yeah. like, haha, you want to see it? You got to go through
0: it. <laughs> of course, absolutely. Go through the steps, you'll see <laughs> what it actually yeah. means. <clears throat> now, on the Power App side, uh, there was an interesting announcement extend modern commands with custom pages and geospatial spatial? mapping. So basically, have more detailed. Location <laughs> details uh, for your applications. For example, mapping between the locations or a specific locations in the map, and how do you adjust them? How do you set them on? How do you use them in your the, Canvas application? So, really, really cool stuff on the different options. And I think the mapping, those are so powerful capabilities to actually get it in the custom Power Apps as well. Really, really cool stuff. Now, there was a new blog post also from Louise Fries uh, in the yeah, platform Community Park.
1: Yeah, so she. Goes on with her series about how can you build power apps that don't look like power apps. So imagine that your company has specific design language that you would like to apply in your power app. How would you go about it? What are the different things you have to take into account going as far as building, you know, your custom experiences, animations, buttons, and so forth, and so on, just to ensure that your apps, power apps, look the way you want them to look and not the way they look like by default. Yeah. Really interesting
0: stuff. Yeah, and and the, one of the points here is that she's using the material design, which is then making your Power App look like a standard Google Android look and feel, because if you're targeting the Android audience, again, depending yeah. on what kind of audience you are targeting on. Yeah. Now, the, the second new, uh, new block in the platform community block was from Duval Abena, uh, deploy static websites with Power Platform. That's really cool as well. So you can basically tap in your Power Platform to the Azure operations and then do automation behind the scenes. And that's pretty uh, interesting looking chart on the processes, what's actually happening and from an automation perspective. So really impressive, but that's the beauty of our automate. You can do together even with the Azure DevOps, you can automate deployments and testing and all of that stuff uh, based on whatever is triggering that automation behavior. Yeah, Really, really cool stuff. Thank you Duval uh, on that one. Then we have a blog post from Marcus Miller.
1: Yeah, yet another one about SSO and how to do it the right way, which indicates there are multiple ways to do it. Some are more right than others, you know, like animals on a farm. Uh, so Marcus goes through the different steps. What he recommends is the right way to go about implementing SSO. Really interesting yep. stuff.
0: Thank you, Marcus, on that one. We also had a article from uh, AC, Andrew Connell, from Voidtanos on unboxing the SharePoint Framework 1.15.2 release, which is the latest uh, GA production ready release on the SharePoint Framework, with the video and explaining what are the changes, what has happened, what does it actually mean for developers? So he's really doing a good job on explaining all of the different differences and options. So what's actually happening behind of the scenes. We also had an article in the Recording 365 from uh, Daniel and uh, Daryl.
1: About the adoption score, and I think we talked about it during the last episode, right? That at Microsoft, we introduced the adoption score. Basically, a way for you as a company that works on Microsoft 365 to better understand how different parts of Microsoft 365 that you rolled out to your employees are adopted. Are they being used? How are they being used? And it's not, not about... Being able to follow what specific person does as opposed to it's about how services that you for which you pay Microsoft are being used within your company and if there if there is anything that you need to do to increase the usage and to make it more effective and yep. in this episode, they talk about this new feature, what it entails, and so forth and so on so if you're interested in their opinion, tune in check it out. Now on
0: the on Waldex uh, blog posts you want to probably talk about this one this is all you you
1: can talk about it too because you were there <laughs> at the last uh, community called the Microsoft 365 community call I had the opportunity to talk about one of the recent additions to SharePoint framework being the ability to customize list forms and in this post I summarize all the different things we talked about demos that I that I showed Basically, the basics, what are the different things that are included, what are the things you can build, what are the things you need to take into account. So this is a great summary. At the end, there's also the recording. If you're interested in that, if you build on SPFX, if you want to uh, use the list experience to build apps, this is a really interesting topic for you to learn about.
0: Really, really cool stuff, absolutely. Now, Paolo also had an update, uh, updated weekly video on his Create PSOS Tech Bytes, uh, episode 220, on using the Search Verticals web parts in PMP Modern Search. PMP Modern Search is a one SPFX web part open source solution, which can be used to create enterprise experiences. And then the Search Verticals is one of those web parts part of that larger package. So thank you, Paolo, on that great video. Shane Young had an interesting video, especially if you have a look on his hands behind the scenes. Okay, there we go.
1: <laughs> there is a he's video bombed by somebody. <laughs> yes, and it's about Power Apps import Excel to SharePoint list or any data source with Power Automate. So it's about a Power App that imports Excel to a list. Okay, so you have an Excel sheet, you want to have it imported to a list or any data source using Power Automate Flow? I'm trying to wrap my head around. Hold on, you're doing what with what? So you have a, an Excel sheet you uploaded to a list using a Power Flow, Power Automate Flow from a Power App? Is that the case?
0: No, uh, I think it's actually you're pointing to an Excel file. Mm-hmm. an Excel file, uh, get the tables, read the tables, uh, push yeah. the, the items in a table to, to a, a SharePoint list. list. Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. I, I you're guess that's what you were power, exactly up, to say. And you're doing it with, with Power Automate Flow yep. from a Power App. Yes, yes.
0: You need to say it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the title, the title, All Good Chain uh, and All Good Wild egg. the title is complex. There's a lot of buzzwords on that one, but it's, yeah, that's precisely what it actually says. Yeah,
1: so you have a Power App. In the Power App, you can probably pick an Excel Important sheet. and an Excel And yes. you, you will get an Excel sheet. you you would send it over to a Power Automate flow and that will then read the Excel sheet and get the data to a SharePoint list. Absolutely. We deconstructed, demystified.
0: (laughs) And then uh, uh, Laura Rogers has had a Power Hour recording on the Power Apps Creator Kit. So the creator created something that Microsoft is actually providing to improve your productivity and when you're creating Power Apps in the Power Platform. Um, and she's talking about how to get it installed and how to start using that within the Power App, what you're building. But that's it for this time uh, on the weekly BMP, weekly, BMP, weekly, weekly, weekly. weekly two.
1: Well, that would be an interesting thing if BNP Weekly was a weekly. Why is and that, that, that is actually true. That's true.
0: <laughs> now, I guess we are a bit over time again. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, but uh, I guess that's all good for this time. Uh, any any last words from your side, Baldick?
1: So long, and thanks for all the fish.
0: Great book, by the way. Uh, Douglas Adams. And yes. What's Hitchhiker's, the guide, Hitchhiker's to guide to, the guide to Your Near. Galaxy. galaxy yes. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks everybody for watching. And remember hashtag BMP Weekly, uh, on the Twitter so we know all of the good stuff and awesome stuff that community is building. And we'll be back
1: with the BMP Weekly in a week. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>